but I want to come to you as a comrade, and I want to share a burden that God has given me, something he's done in my heart since college, and I want to come and I want to urge you along the lines that God has worked in my heart. Um, before that, um, if you want to come and hear what our ministry is, I only have a few minutes, so I'm not going to go into our whole ministry. Um, the Lord has called us to the Rohingya people, a long story of God's providence, God's sovereign hand in the world, and I believe fully that I was created to reach the Muslim Rohingya people with the gospel. And I think God has something very specific for each one of you as well, and that's part of why I want to talk about what we're going to talk about this morning. So if you could turn to Joshua chapter 5. About a year and a half ago, I read this passage, and there was a few words that jumped off the page, caught my attention. Joshua chapter 5, we're not going to read the whole passage. Verse 4, kind of jumping the middle of the story, I just want to take, take a truth here, and then we're going to expand on it. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war died in the wilderness. By the way, after they came out of Egypt. And that concept right there, men of war dead in the wilderness. And right there you see a generational tragedy described. Because of all that God had been doing and planning and working for generations since Abraham was walking with God and God said, I'm going to give you a land and a people and a place. And now the children of Israel are poised. This generation that he was talking about previously, they were standing there on the edge of everything that God had for them. Men of war. And they died never going to war. It's a tragedy of unfulfilled calling. A tragedy of unfulfilled potential. And so we're going to look at this generation and say, what did this generation have? What's the decision they made? And then we're going to look at our own lives because many things with this generation that died in the wilderness, these men of war, laying dead, not on the battlefield, not giving their life for a cause, not seeing the miraculous hand of God in their life, but dying just in the sand of old age, a few miles from miracles. And when I was in college, you see guys who graduate and then they start a family and you see them, and I don't mean to cast judgment on anybody, but you're in college, you look ahead, you see, man, like, I thought they were going to go to ministry, and then you kind of see them, oh, it looks like they're going the career route, they're just going to go get a secular career, then they get a house and all those things, no, those aren't bad things, and I, I have not prayed about their life as much as I hope they have, and then you see their life, and you're like, Where? I thought that guy was a missionary, he's a computer tech, and I would sit there in judgment. Because God called him to so much more. But then you know what happens? You get to that place of life and it's easy. You're sitting right here, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, seminary. You're sitting here, you think, God has called me. I'm going to Bible college. I'm going to go do this. And then if you're not careful, 
you are going to end up in a few years with a family, a house, a job, incomes, steady. And then you're going to think about that whole thing about going on the road and raising support, asking people for money sounds really horrible. And it sounds really, really, that, 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 that dangerous field that I was like, I'm going to go there when, I'm, when you're 18, right? Man, I'm going to go to Saudi Arabia right there, preach gospel, corner of Mecca, right? <laughs> but then you have a family, but then you have a family, but then you have a family and you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. And I'm not saying there's not wisdom that God gives you and there's different stages of life and calling that God gives nuance to, but it's really easy to prepare for ministry, have God give you a vision and a calling and a purpose, and then you get right on the brink of it. And you say, no, actually, I'm not in. And it's really easy also because I know how, you know, what's the biggest class in college? What's the biggest class? You guys tell me. Freshman class. What's the next biggest? What's the next biggest? What's the next biggest? And then what's the next biggest um, group? Seminary, right? Just, and if you look at what happens, you know what happens? A bunch of people say, I'm in. And then it's, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in, I'm in. This is easy to do. It's easy to wake up and not fulfill God's calling for your life. But it doesn't have to be that way. So I want to come to you in humility and love and as a guy who's, I've been there where I've, I work landscaping, I'll be out in the country, go and pick up some product, looking around, People are friendly out here. I'm not on the south side of Milwaukee. There's, I can't smell marijuana. I don't see people driving crazy and all these things. This would be a nice life. I grew up on a farm till junior high. I could do this. Get a few animals, get a steady job. My wife, my daughter. Here we go. Let's do this. This would be so nice. Go to church on Wednesday nights. Go on Sunday. Hey, there we go. Easy. And I'm telling you, it's more tempting than you know. And you think you want to drop out right now. Wait till you step out onto the battlefield a little bit more and you start to feel like, man, there's a bullseye on my back. And this is real. So let's do this. We have to speed through a few points here. First thing I want us to realize about these men of war. These men of war were heirs of a promise. God had approached their great, 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 great grandfather Abraham and said, I'm going to make your your seed as vast as the stars in the sky and the sand in the, by, the sea, by the seashore. And I'm going to do a great thing with your nation. I'm going to give you this piece of real estate. And God's going to do a great thing. And for generations, these people have been told, God is going to take us to the promised land. Generation to generation. They say, you know, we're in bondage right now, but there's a promise. Think about the, the bones of Joseph. Right? A long day of, ridiculously long day with not enough food, not enough water, harsh conditions, someone beating your back, you're making bricks, but in your mind you know, but I know there's the bones of Joseph. And we're going back. There's a promise of deliverance. There's a promise of a future. There's a promise of victory for our people. We aren't slaves forever. They were the heirs of a promise. So not only were these men the heirs of a promise, I think this is really neat. They were defined not by where they were coming from, but by where God was taking them. They were called men of war. And do you know how many of these people had seen war? Zero. They were brick makers. They were harvest gatherers. They were hard laborers. But God said, that's what you were? But no, 
I'm going to change this. I'm going to set you on a mission to do something great for my glory. And I'm not going to call you a slave. I'm going to call you a man of war. And we're going to step back here soon. We're going to see how this is the same thing for us. But the first thing we need to understand is that these men had a promise. These men of war had a promise. And so when they were supposed to be going to battle, they could know God, God said this. God told Abraham, I'm going to do this. And they could have that promise ringing in their ears. And then also, they could know, this is God, because this, this was not me. I've always been a slave. I've always been the scum. I've always been the bottom of the totem pole. I've always been chasing around, serving other people, and that's not a bad thing, but I know God's called me to something greater than just being a, a laborer for an oppressive taskmaster. I'm not a slave. I'm not a commodity. I'm not to be sold. I'm, I have a purpose and a calling. I'm a man of war now. And they'd also seen the hand of God. Ten plagues. The Red Sea, miracle after miracle after miracle. They had, not, they had not only the promise of what God gave to Abraham, they had not only the changed identity where they knew that, hey, we're preparing for battle because God's changed who we are. But also we've seen it time and time and time and time again. We remember the frogs. We remember the, the, the bloody water. We remember the firstborn dying. And we know our God is a mighty, mighty God. And he's with us and he's working on our behalf. And so we think, okay, so now these guys, they're poised right here. Right here's, the, right here's Cain and it's the promised land. God has so much for them. And they have all these things that support them. The promises to Abraham. The bones of Joseph. Just the area of, of promises. We have that. The changed identity. We're men of war now. We're not slaves. God's called us and given us a purpose. And then just the testimony of the work of God in their own lives. We've seen it. We know God does the supernatural. And it sounds like a BCM grad to me. Because if you're in these pews, God has been good to you. And maybe there's been a promise in your life. Maybe those passages of scripture that God's given you in your life. And that when you were in junior high and that man up there said, you need to give your life to the Lord. And God said, yep, that's right. This verse right here, surrender your life to serve me. And he said, okay, that's it. And maybe you've been clinging on to that verse. And there's different promises of strength and fulfillment for the journey and all these things, all these promises that God has given you. And I'm telling you, if you've walked with the Lord for a little while, you know that there's been some promises and some, some special verses that God has given you, some special moments in your life, maybe your freshman year where you said, you know what, I'm going to get right with this sin and I'm going to serve the Lord with my life or whatever it is. We just have those, those promises and those, those things to look back on that God has told us. And then also, you're called people. You're a called people. You aren't kids. You aren't high schoolers anymore. You're not junior hires. You're not just kids trying to run around and figure out what's going on with life. We're men of war. And we don't need to see a drop-off about four pews from the back where we say, now those are the serious people. These are the kids. It's from here to the wall. This is one group. We're men of war. God has called us to a great thing. We're men and women who are supposed to serve the Lord with their life. He has a calling on us. 
And we're not the addicted teenager we once were. We're not the defeated teenager that we once were. We're not the unsaved person that we once were. God has saved you and he's called you and he's given you a purpose and you're not a slave. You're a child of God and more, and, and more than that, you're a man or a woman of war and God's called you to something. So we see that we're also in this boat. And then also, if you're at BCM, when I was here, we saw hand of God over and over and over again. I remember being in a prayer meeting, just walking away, just like almost like laughing because God, you were so good to us just now. The joy of the Lord would overwhelm us and we would pray about something and God would do a miracle and miracle after miracle, whether it's a, a building or a spiritual thing or just a prayer meeting where we felt like God was right there. And we have the testimonies in our own lives and in the lives of others and in our parents and in other leaders around us where we can say, yeah, we have witnessed the hand of God on our behalf. And so then we come to the moment of decision. And it's not just a one-time thing. I think we come to this decision all the time because I know I do. So what am I going to do with what I've been given? What am I going to do with the calling God has for me? Because it's really easy to say, hey, here it is, but wow, this is too big. This is too hard. They were right here. They were at the Jordan. They sent the spies over and they're like, yeah, guys are huge. Walls are big. Lots of good things over there. It's too hard. We're done. And then 20 years later, Maybe they're 60 years old now, wake up in the morning, eat a couple eggs, step out of the tent, pull it back, look over towards Canaan. Never went there. Pulled back in unbelief at the end. Not the end, in the middle. It was supposed to be the middle, but it became the end. Stepping back and saying, God's done so much, but he can't do this. So I don't know what it is in your life today. Maybe there's a specific decision of faith that you need to make today. Maybe you just need to sit down and say, God, you've called me to something. You've gifted me for something. You've given me some promises, and I've seen your hand, and I'm not going to pull back in my life. I'm not going to pull back my junior year. I'm not going to pull back my freshman year. I'm not going to step out of it five years in. I'm going to stand by faith, not our own strength, say, God, I'm going to trust you with my life. I want to see the miracles. And so we don't have to wake up in 20 years pulling the tent back and saying, there's the promised land, never went there. We can look back and say, God did so much because we trusted him. He did powerful things through our life.